Mark Ribayet is a new sensation in musical performance. Without having a repertoire of songs to play in his shows, he improvises his shows, taking cues from the audience to make up lyrics, using a reduced setup and looping hardware to create tracks that range from hip-hop to up-tempo techno. We caught up with Mark to talk about his influences, his parentage and his views on the head of state in his native USA. We also had the chance to talk to Juan from Tombolo, the promoter responsible for the tour. Stall disc for uh, CS 1.5. Oh yeah, totally, man. Here you go. Oh, I've also got uh, Quake 3 Arena. You want that? Oh, dude, to- Hey, oh, it's Brian. Hey, what's up, Brian? Hey guys, what's happening? Hey, what's up, dude? Hey, I brought snacks. I brought some Mountain Dew, some shit to snack on. Let's fucking do this. I've got my computer. Hell yeah. Uh, you know it's time for a land party. Hey yo, it's time for a land party. Everybody getting on the same room. Hey yo, it's childhood, not a care in the world. The Ethernet cable is our friendship. We connect up and we play that game. Play that game, baby, play that game. I'm talking Diablo, I'm talking CS, I'm talking friendship, baby, yo. Cause that's L-A-N, 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 that's an L-A-N, 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 that's an L-A-N, 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 that's an L-A-N, 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 that's an L-A-N. Yo, I gotta hit that headshot, insta give damn domination, I'm doing it. Humiliation, yo, you got killed. Oh man, you killed me, that was good, this is harmless. Hey yo, I'm having fun because I'm a child. I don't have to worry about important shit, so it's good like this. It's good like this. I never want it to end, cause baby, this is how we do it. L-A-N, 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 that's an L-A-N. We are rolling. This is Mark and Michelle for RPS Presents. We're delighted to be able to parlay with the stupendous Mark Ribeyer ahead of his sold-out gig at La Nau in Barcelona. Welcome to Barcelona, Mark. Why, thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. We've caught Mark on day five of a 29-day tour of the old continent, which precedes a U.S. tour in April and May. Um, how have you prepared for such a demanding season of performances, Mark? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I wish I could answer it with any sort of 
routine, any sort of intelligent response, but um, I can't. The truth is, this is all very, very new to me, and so I'm figuring it out sort of as I go. Um, I just finished about a two-and-a-half-month tour, which was another 30 dates in the U.S., um, and uh, I have to say that I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> you, I, well, I don't know. I reckon you know what you're doing, but I, I think you're very humble in 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 describing what you do. It seems that there is a system, or like a method behind all this. Right now, um, we're sat over your computer. You're uploading the latest of your videos. As we were t mentioning before, uh, before the interview, you're posting one fresh new video, one fresh new jam sort of thing every day in every city that you're you're at right um this is something that obviously no one's told you to do this this is this is an idea you've had and i just want to know um how it's going so far and how you see the rest of the the material for the rest of the tour um how, how's it going to come to you uh more great questions that I have very little, <laughs> very little to shed light on um, in that re respect. I think I didn't think about um, the kind of effort it would actually take to do this in addition to the 29 dates I'm playing. Um, I think, uh, you know, I just got to my hotel room, had an extra day and thought, hey, this will be fun if I do a, a song in each city. What I didn't consider is that it always takes me an enormous amount of time to uh, think of an idea, create the idea. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it does. Um, a couple days ago in Lyon, I, I, it took me about five minutes. Today, it took me two hours of messing around until I found something I was happy with. Um, but, you know, it, it, it really depends on the day and on how I'm feeling and on, you know, what's coming out of my fingers. But then after that is the whole administrative process of uploading, branding, thumbnailing, writing about, socialing, putting on Instagram, putting on Twitter. So I really didn't think about it. And uh, now I'm, I'm stuck with this. Um, you've been making videos for around two years now, or at least the, the oldest ones that are on your YouTube page. They're about two years old, um, some of which have attracted hundreds of thousands of plays. But you haven't put out a single Mark Riviet SoundCloud single or like an album on Bandcamp or, or let alone a, like a physical re release. Um, are we witnessing an early adopter of a new model of, a, of success in music? whose output is kind of ephemeral? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it certainly could be. I love albums. I love LPs that are constructed and composed, and um, it's always a great thing to, to put out in terms of promotion and in terms of, you know, having three months off to actually work on something, you know, more considered and... Um, and uh, and, and, and composed. Uh, and that's something that I would like to do. I do have to, I have an EP and an LP out on all streaming services, but they are literally audio rips of my online videos. Um, I tried to put them together because I love the album format. I tried to put them together in a way that takes you on a little bit of a journey and, and, uh, you know, goes up and down and around. Um, and so I, I hope I succeeded in that, but, um, but no, you're right. I have not done, anything like that um 
but I would like to, and and I plan to actually in the summer. I plan to compose and produce a a a release that um, that contains a bunch of ideas that I've come up with in live streams and in um, just in my various improvisations. There's dozens of hours of material that never made it to a proper video or never made it to you know something that I really pushed out. And so I would like to take those ideas, flesh them out, and really produce them and record them. Um, in anticipation, you know, to give the public something to sort of say, look, you know, this is me as a more serious artist, I guess, whatever that means, but, you know, putting a piece of work out that is, um, that's layered and, and, and produced and, and considered. Um, so yeah, I mean, for now, I guess you're right. It's this sort of ephemeral release of whatever stream of consciousness, whatever I feel like putting out. Some really suck. Some suck a little bit less. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully there's some good stuff in there. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I love the thought of taking my time. I would like to do that in the future. There's lots of videos on your homepage. Um, where would someone who's like uninitiated... Uh, in your work, where where would you advise they start? Is there one of those videos that you could pick out that we're going to maybe play now that people could really get a good idea uh, of what you're all about? Yeah, um, there's a couple. You could play one that I did recently called Another Idea, um, which sort of uh, talks about what it's like as a, a creative person uh, struggling to to, to make something and put it out there. And basically my message is in that video, just it doesn't matter what you think about your creative ability, just get in front of your equipment and get it out, you know, like stop worrying so much, stop getting in your head and just put the goddamn work out. And um, if you do, and if it's bad, so be it put more out and do it again and do it again and you will inevitably get better at it and something will come out. It doesn't, you know, I just, I've struggled with that feeling a lot of feeling sort of limited by my own sense of is what I'm doing good. No one cares. It doesn't matter. Just put, just, just, just do it, you know? So that's what that video is about. Um, Stop That Rape is also fun. It's a little more of a lighthearted song about, um, about st- it's really not lighthearted, but it presents itself that way. But it's about too many people getting raped, and we need to stop raping people. It's a problem, but you know, hopefully, it's done over a catchy tune, something that people can sing to. Um, that's sort of a good example of my dark sense of humor. But you know, take it seriously too. Wonderful. Let's check those two tunes out right now. Like a creative rut, you know. Like there's just no possible way I could come up with another idea, 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 another idea.
come up with another idea. Fuck it, dude. Just make something. Just get up, get in front of your shit, pump it out, baby. No one gives a fuck about your creative integrity. None of it matters. All that matters is that you're here working, making shit. Yeah. Uh. And make that shit, baby, go. Now, and that's too many people getting raped, y'all. Ask too many people getting raped, y'all. I got too many people getting raped now. I gotta stop with all of this rape now. We gotta stop with all of this rape, y'all. We gotta stop with all of this rape now. We gotta stop with this motherfucking rape now. And listen, stop that rape. You gotta stop that rape. Stop that rape. You gotta stop that rape. Stop that rape. You gotta stop that rape. Stop that rape, you gotta stop that rape One more rape, no more rape, no more rape, no more rape Just one more rape, no more rape, no more rape, no more rape Gotta stop that shit, stop that shit, stop that shit, stop that shit Gotta stop that rape, stop that rape, stop that goddamn motherfucking rape now Stop that rape, you gotta stop that rape Stop that rape, you gotta stop that rape This is Mark for RPS Presents. We are here at La Nau in Barcelona before Mark Rabillet's gig. Am I pronouncing that okay? How do you like it? Rabillet. Rabillet, Rabillet. Okay, it's quite. It sounds quite Catalan. I think I mentioned that before, but no, it's you're of uh, French descendants. Is that right? Yeah, my dad's from Paris, uh, and uh, yeah, 
is a Parisian, born and raised. So we were talking before about the maybe a comic element in some of your songs. Um, as we all know, comedies never win Oscars, despite the fact that it's a valid genre of entertainment and expression uh, as any other type of movie. Um, are you worried that people won't take your music as seriously because of its comical content? Yeah, not really. Um, it's not meant to be taken seriously. Uh, um, it's really not meant to be taken seriously. You know, the entire thing is absurd. The entire performance is absurd. Sometimes I do say things that I feel seriously about, or I talk about things um, that that I uh, that I take seriously. But um, at no point are you meant to take my stuff seriously. Uh, even if it sounds like I'm being serious, it's, you know, I might be being serious, but the work, the, 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 the end result is not meant to be taken seriously. Um, so, uh, th that's been a little bit of a problem is having to guide people to that conclusion. People who think, you know, people who, uh, who take it seriously, uh, you know, especially some of these songs that deal with slightly more sensitive subjects, um, and I have to remind people that like this entire thing is a big joke. If I, if I want to do a serious thing, you'll know that it's serious, you know, but like this entire project, this loop based thing that I'm doing absurd. It's all a joke. It's all ridiculous. Don't take it seriously. If I make a serious album, it'll be presented and promoted seriously. And so, you know, yeah. But I don't think you're a novelty act. Well, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I am. I, I mean, maybe I am a novelty act. I don't know. Um, I think maybe if there's one thing that that separates me a little bit from novelty is that I am trying, while I'm speaking about ridiculous things and presenting myself in a ridiculous way, the one thing that I am doing seriously is always trying to make sure that the music is dope i mean that that i am taking seriously that's I, I i am always trying to make sure that um that yeah whatever i'm singing over or speaking over or screaming over um is at its foundation like dope groovy funky soulful whatever it might be that it just sounds legitimately good to me that i think gives me a base on which to improvise in a ridiculous and um and stupid way one of my favorite observations in the movie spinal tap is that there's a thin line between clever and stupid um, I've heard you describe the content as your, of your videos as stupid, but I think that just watching the videos, it's not hard to appreciate the craft, the musical craft in the jams that you post. Um, so, therefore, do you think the music, uh, the videos, or your tunes, your jams, can they, are they both clever and stupid? I mean, if you think they're clever, that's awesome. <laughs> that makes me happy to hear. I don't like complimenting my own shit. I don't know where that comes from, but I just, I don't like, I don't like doing it um, just because I'm constantly unhappy with it. That's not new for anyone who makes art. You know, that's, um, you're always unsatisfied with what you're doing. Um, and so that's no different with me, but I'm happy to hear that pe people do seem to think it's clever or interesting or whatever it is, but yes, it's definitely both. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, um, it's stupid, 
but like like we were just talking about the music is intended to be good um and so to me at least that justifies me acting a damn fool over it um because you know that's always been my problem with comedy and music is that the music sucks it's a big issue with musical comedy is that mu- the music part of it is always a boilerplate, you know, um, just run-of-the-mill thing that is goofy and not musically interesting, and it just serves as basically a, like, a plate for someone to serve their comedy on. And I don't, I, that's not interesting to me. The music should be dope, and then, like, maybe I'll say some stupid shit over it. But, yeah, Reggie Watts really started that, I think. Like, you know, he... he um, he was the first person, at least that I know of, to do dope music first and then do funny shit as well. But it's, uh, to me at least, the way I interpret his stuff, it's important to him that the music sounds really good, you know? Yeah, I think um, Reggie Watts is, well, is one of the people that come to mind definitely when we check out your music. I've, I've also thought about people like Chili Gonzalez. Harma superstar going uh, another guy um, and then well older stuff maybe like I don't know Weir- Weird Al Yankovic or Frank Zappa or stuff like that that's definitely got a comic influence yeah. but stands up on its own musically yeah yeah, yeah and just going um, back to the Reggie Watts comment um, you kind of once said that he's the first musical comedy guy where the, the music isn't shit um, yeah. So bearing in mind, uh, you are sort of classically trained, a classically trained pianist named Mozart of Dallas. <laughs> I believe, I believe, at the age of 12, self-taught blues and jazz. Like, what were your musical influences growing up? Um, well, oh, the mic. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up? Um, yeah, uh, influences. Uh, I mean... My my mom listened to uh, a lot of Motown, a lot of um, a lot of old soul and uh, funk, and a lot of James Brown and a lot of uh, Four Tops and Smokey Robinson. Excuse me, I just burped. Radio Primavera burping in your microphone since 1923. Uh, so the the. Uh, um, yeah, where was I? That's what my mom listened to. My dad listened to a lot of classical, a lot of opera. Uh, and uh, so those were my main influences. I enjoyed a lot of uh, sort of like industrial metal as an early teen, but that was a phase that very quickly ended. And, and, and I found hip hop, which connected back to my roots in listening to soul and funk. And uh, that just strengthened my love for, for funk, soul, blues. I, um, yeah, a, a ex-girlfriend of mine introduced me a long time ago to to like the deep delta blues to you know skip james and john lee hooker and um you know lightning hopkins and all those guys and uh, i fell in love with that and so yeah that's um that's my big stuff my big loves are like impassioned soulful big expression performances you know that are just like hard on sleeve sort of shit um yeah that's what i like 
Yeah, I guess we can we can we can tell. But also, like, if I go back to your sort of live performances, is you, you know you're a bit of a joker, if you don't mind me saying, and you know your performances. How ma- dare you? <laughs> How dare you? I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry, Mark. Please forgive me. Um, so there's a huge comedic aspect to your shows. So wh- which side of the family does that come from? Well, the comedic aspect is definitely my dad. No doubt about it. Um, he was the consummate Frenchman. He's with us no more, sadly, but um, he was uh, just the spitting definition of a ridiculous, vulgar Frenchman. Um, Always flirting in the most charming way, uh, always loud, crass, always pushing people's buttons, always trying to find out about married women's sex lives. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so, yeah. But he just did it unabashedly, you know, and in, in the in the most French way, and it it was wonderful, and everyone loved it. Um, and uh, so, I guess that's manifested itself in the performance a lot. In that I, um, you know, on stage I'm very confrontational with the audience, um, very participatory. Uh, you know, I'll pull people up if they want to be pulled up, or if I feel like they should be. Um, I'll shut them up if I feel like they need to be shut up. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, th- that expressiveness and, and, uh, and energy is definitely stems from my dad and then also from my history in theater and, and acting, yeah. which, you know, sort of those two combined, you, you get that. Okay, so it's a big up dad. Um, but yeah, going back to the hip hop thing as well, like originally making hip hop beats and stuff. And as you know, like this year's Primavera sound lineup is full of, full of hip hop acts. Yeah. So if there's anybody that you could work with uh, in that world, who would it be? Flying Lotus. Uh, Flying Lotus. Why? Because he's a goddamn genius. I mean, he's taken the, he's taken the foundation that Madlib and Jay Dilla have laid down in terms of like beat culture and in terms of just creating really uh, like a new generation of sampled beats and he has like run with it into outer space through the horsehead nebula and past the fucking hubble telescope and um and just the sounds and the ideas that he's that he comes up with musically are inconceivably beautiful to me um i await every new album with bated breath and um steve if you're listening to this dude fuck man that's hit me up I think it's time for another tune. While we're talking about Flying Lotus, why don't we, um, can you suggest a tune that you'd love to have been involved in, one of his, that really opened your ears to his sound? Oh, boy. Um, Yeah, you know, um, Tea Leaf Dancers uh, on Reset EP is incredible. Um, I mean, that's just fucking beautiful. Yeah. Zodiac shit uh, right at the beginning of Cosmogramma. In fact, all of Cosmogramma. One of my favorite albums of all time. It's just, uh, I mean, you talk about an album that's a journey, and that is a journey from beginning to end. It, it has an arc and a climax right at the end, really, and it's just so expressive and so experimental and so new and interesting. And uh, yeah, man. But uh, Tea Leaf Dancers is a great one. It's a great one. Everyone in the room's not in in agreement. (laughs) This is Tea Leaf Dancers. No, I can't seem to get it. 
Okay, this is Mark Dix for RPS Presents, and we're back with Mark Rivier. So, Mark, apart from studying piano from an early age, um, as we were talking before, you've got a big interest in hip-hop, right? Um, how do you feel about what once was like a fringe underground interest now being the dominant sound in the world over the last few years? It's crazy, man. I think... Um yeah, it's very strange. Um, it, it, it makes sense because it, you know, that sort of rhythmic structure forces people to move, and I, I get it. Um, but the proliferation of trap in general, that aesthetic, has really taken over the world. And and I would, um, I would say, I forgot who I heard this from. Maybe it was Anthony Fantano, actually. Um, that was talking about this and it's it was it's a very good point which is that you know um mainstream trap uh really i I would almost hesitate to call it 
hip hop anymore. It's moved into a different realm. And I would, I would say that it's pop that we, we can stop calling sort of that genre of music where people are sort of crooning auto tune over, you know, hazy trap beats and the Travis Scott and the Lucy Verrett style. Like it's just pop now it's pop. I mean, because you know, teenage girls are listening to this, getting ready for prom and, um, it's pop. It's pop music. It's number one in the charts, and uh, it's it, it, it's very different, I think. From and I'm, it, that's not a dig on it at all. It's just the truth. It's it, it, the the audience that it has found is much wider than um, the audience that what you would have called hip hop, you know, seven eight years ago would have found. Um, and so I would really put it, I would classify it in a different genre. You know, it's like this very specific sound that's like exclusively 808s, exclusively that kind of rhythmic pattern, exclusively triplet rhyming, and exclusively, you know, it's a very tight, narrow classification. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's an extension of hip hop, but I, I would call it pop now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the welcome changes uh, in hip hop and trap that's come with the, with its growth is the increased freedom of expression um, that's accepted in the mainstream. So back when I used to listen to Mob Deep and it was guys with shaved heads and sportswear and that was about it. Um, but now there's acts from all sorts of backgrounds that are household names. You know, Lil Uzi Vert that you mentioned is Colombian, right? Takashi is Mexican. Um, Young Thug cross dresses. Frank Ocean is like a, an out guy. Um, and rappers and producers from all over the world have got like a chance at the big time if they sort of get discovered by, by Drake or Kanye West that in the past maybe they wouldn't have been interested in. Um, so what about you? Do you think you'll you'll ever make it in, as part of this scene? Or would, would that be a bridge too far? I mean, I wrote this question, then I saw your interview with Sway, and I was like, oh my God, he's already breaking in. <laughs> yeah, Sway, that was crazy, dude. Doing Sway in the morning was nuts. No, I mean, um, I, I don't know if I would ever be... I mean, I'm certainly like open to that possibility in the future, but I don't really see what I'm doing um, breaking into that particular world um, in any way other than like a conciliatory capacity, you know, whether it's like, you know, like um, Chassol, French producer, uh, extraordinary composer, like he, I think... Um, like came into the studio and like shot some ideas around with Frank Ocean for Blonde, you know? So like that would be the extent of like my involvement I could see. But, you know, I don't, I'm, I, I enjoy that sound, but it's, um, to me, it's, it's, it's a landscape that's really well trodden um, and that plenty of people are doing super well. And I really don't have anything to contribute um, musically to that particular sound. I'm, I'm more interested in, uh, I don't know. I'm just more interested in all sorts of different genres. I find, I find that particular genre. It's a, a little narrow. It's a little narrow, you know, I, I, I'd like, um, like, especially the, the way that, um, James Blake, uh, in his new album, I just listened to it on the plane, uh, assume form. It, you know, he does, he does a few songs that sort of fit into that, fit into that uh landscape um 
I still find them a little narrow. I think the other songs on the album are more interesting. I don't know. You know, it's just I don't I don't have anything to say it, musically. You know. Speaking about not having having anything to say, there's a kind of elephant in the room, in as much as you're from the United States and you've addressed um, the head, uh, well, the, the president in, in a couple of your concerts. Um, some I'm I'm torn whether to address it or not. I think Michelle's ha had a little time to formulate a question. That maybe is a bit more original than something I can come out with. Um, yeah, I mean, if you could fuck Trump anywhere, where would it be? <laughs> right in his bottom. <laughs> um, no, I, I would never fuck Trump. Um, that's that's awful, and uh, uh, it's probably orange. I don't know. It's. Uh, no, what a what a what a disaster of a human being. No, I mean, yeah, I ad I only addressed him because it was requested. I just in the butt. In the butt. Yeah, that's where I, that's that's where I would fuck him. <laughs> no, it's just yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have nothing to add to the political conversation other than uh, because I I'm completely politically ignorant. Um, but you know, that dude is absurd. He is absurd, and no one can argue with that. I mean, anyone, even diehard supporters of him can't not look at him and go, that's an absurd fucking human being. And, uh, and he's the president. It's very strange. It's very unusual and surreal. It's like we're living in a cartoon. I don't know. Okay, thanks for confirming that. Uh, back to Mark. So thanks so much, Mark, for joining us. Thanks, Tom Bala, for making this happen. And we're really looking forward to the show. And hopefully we'll get a bit of reaction from some of the people who are lucky enough to get tickets before it's sold out. Catch you next time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys.
Okay, so this is Mark and Michelle for RPS Presents. We just heard from Mark Riviet, and here we are with Juan Aguinaga yes. from Tombolo, the, which is a pr the promoter that's had the, the good vision to bring Mark here uh, for this show in Barcelona. Um, so I, I just want to say thank you on, on behalf of all Mark's fans. Juan. Oh, thank you. Um, I, I actually hadn't heard of the promoter before. How long have you been working? Um, so I've been working already, I think, for six years, uh, actually in Madrid. Um, uh, we founded a collective with some friends called Undermad, and it was focused on electronic music. And we, we, we did a lot of acts. We used to manage a, a session called Limbo Club, where we brought like from Jaida G to Mary Davidson to... Jennifer Cardini, uh, Patricia, Greg Vieto, like uh, over a hundred artists focused on electronic music. And uh, after that, uh, we built an online radio uh, called Radio Relativa, radiorelativa.eu, um, which, uh, which is a radio uh, made to give voice to all the collectives and young kids from Madrid who actually want to, uh, to be heard, you know, and and uh, it's working quite well and then uh like six months ago i wanted to uh to build myself like uh, my own promoter and um, i came up with tombolo which is um which is a promoter um, with the goal of bringing different kind of artists being the most eclectic possible you know and um, and we started six months ago with ibo taylor the afrobeat uh, legend the head of legend then we keep going. We uh, we brought the guys from Principe Discos, Lisbon, uh, Lilo Cox, Nino, and then we did Egyptian Lover or some days from Africa, and um, and Paul Joey, the house legend from New York, and we kept going. And well, we had this strategy of bringing different kind of artists for 2019. Um, I met Carlos, which is my my partner in Barcelona, and Jesus. And um, it's cool because uh, we've been always located in Madrid and focused on the Madrid scene. But it's amazing, like to 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 do things outside, and um, and yeah, and to be able to 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 bring shows uh, outside Madrid. But and that's it. That's a bit the story. I mean, it's it's a, it's a super young promoter. Uh, we've been on the on the scene like for uh, yeah six months, and. Um, it's yeah, it's going. How do you find the putting on shows in Barcelona compared to Madrid? Do you think the public uh, is different? Do they react different? Have they got different interests? Um, have you been able to to see differences? Well, um, it's amazing. Like uh, uh, I, c I can say that Madrid uh, public it's more more local, more uh, more Spanish, more pe people from Madrid from the city. And in Barcelona, when you put a show, it's more like foreign people, uh, people I don't know, like from all over the world who maybe live here or actually uh, are here for for holidays or whatever. But um, they're more habituated to to to, to look on uh, social media and look for events and special events, focus on culture and and music. And um, Madrid is different; it's a different scene, but uh, they are more local. But it's it's beautiful, you know. 
So um, getting back to the the booking which you've made today, Mark Ruby. I mean, that's not a typical booking, right? We were talking before. He's got zero records out. You know, he's just a guy who's who his his output is on YouTube. Um, did you think it was a risky booking, or were you were you fairly confident that the public would respond really well? Well, we always. Uh uh, the the first thing you look when you do a booking is like if you actually like the guy you you bringing you know it's about the music and about the the guy you bring and um, with Mark it was the case uh, well his agent sent sent his uh, feed to me I didn't even know about Mark but when I saw it I just uh, literally fell in love with him and and uh, I said yeah, I'm super interested even if I'm not maybe not like filling the place but uh, for sure it's gonna be it's gonna be cool you know I laugh a lot about it. And um, I talked with Carlos, which is um, the, uh, my guy in Barcelona, and he was super down to do that here. And and for our surprise, it was a complete sold out everywhere. You know, the guy when we when we first listened to him, he was like uh, 50. He had like 50,000 followers, and now he's on half a million in a question of four months, Marvie and. Um, and we couldn't even imagine like the success of. And I'm super happy happy for him because uh, he works a lot, and uh, and uh, yeah, we, we couldn't even imagine like that the guy would sell out the places like he is doing. Yeah, hopefully um, there'll be a lot of people who've missed out on this show. So hopefully you'll be able to bring him back and do a, maybe a bigger venue um, in 2019. So this year, um, which other shows have you got confirmed for for the coming months? Well, I have, we have a few a few shows uh, coming. Uh, we have a, a young kid from San Diego called Temporex. Uh, he's like uh, he does this kind of uh, lazy pop, like dream pop. Uh, as well as like maybe Boy Pablo or uh, well Mac DeMarco things like that, and uh, we bring him on on uh, on February to Madrid and Sp- and Barcelona, um, and then we have also Yusef Dais, which is uh, the drummer from uh, Yusef Kamal, the project uh, with Kamal Williams, and um, and also Fatima Fatima and the Eglo Band, the the UK singer uh, R&B singer. And a few more, like uh, like um, dancing around, like techno music or Afrobeat, or uh, and the mix with uh, like live music and DJs and a bit. It's a bit like a mix, a box of where everything has a place in in it, you know. Exciting times, I think. Um, so I'm going to put you on the spot right now, and I'm going to ask you for like. Uh, one tune that that you could say is kind of like an anthem for you guys at Tombolo is the one tune you can think of that maybe unites all of your tastes. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Maybe "Love and Death" from Evo Taylor. That would be a cool tune to I don't know to do a resume of all, like a briefing of all uh, the artists that we do and the thing that we that we promote. Thanks so much for joining us and thanks again for organizing this gig. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, how can people follow you guys? I mean, how do people find out what's happening when? So, well, we have social media. We have uh, well, Instagram, uh, Tumblr.life, um, Tumblr on Facebook, and uh, our website, Tumblr.life. It's pretty easy. And... Uh, and yeah, that's that's a bit. Uh, that's where we could, you can you, you can find all our events. 
Perfect. Okay, make sure you give them a follow because there's a lot of quality coming your way this year. Uh, this has been Mark and with Michelle. And thank you very much, Juan, for joining us. You heard Mark before. Peace.
Yeah. 